welcome to the Dan Nichols Show in a slightly different location. We are tonight uh, at Safari Plains, uh, good friends of the Dan Nichols Show. They will support us at our Dan Nichols Show Invitational, a couple of auction items, for which we are most grateful. Uh, today, though, it's not about golf and auction items. It is of uh, probably the most exciting thing to hit television in South Africa this year. And I say that with apologies to the 812 new shows that Jeff Goliath has got going. And there we go. <gasps> right, it is my day for being fast-tracked for the day, Leone. How are you? I'm glad you got my email about please wear something in a kind of khaki vibe so that we look similar. That was very important. Yes. Um, I mean, I just knew that uh, I, have to, I have to fit where you are. Where are you? It looks amazing. It is phenomenal. I'm at Safari Plains, which is up uh, part of the Mabula Reserve. And uh, if you look over my rather broad, uh, gym-honed left shoulder, uh, you can't quite see it through the window. But there's a herd of about 50 buffalo uh, currently having a quiet evening sundowner. Yeah, just don't go like this, because then we'll really not be able to see anything. I'm well, exactly. Just... My Eben Etzebeth type arms, so I shall keep those going. Hey, Kaluni, congratulations. I haven't had the chance to say this to you yet. I've obviously, like the rest of the country, seen the news, found out you're running it, gone, that's a very good choice. But congratulations, it's such exciting news. Thank you so much. I am truly, truly grateful. I mean, I've always wanted to like host a big international franchise show. And when you put something on your vision board, a lot of people are like, nah, it's not gonna happen, especially not for an Afrikaans, Platalansa Macy, you know? Um, so when I actually got the news, I was like, I couldn't believe it. And I'm so super grateful for this opportunity, but especially just to experience the show firsthand, you know, to really see how this phenomena is being put together. I mean, especially now in COVID times, it's going to be so much trickier than the other seasons around the world. So to be part of this is, is big for me. Thank you. And, and I think it's also a chance to see just how how professional, how slick, how big these kind of productions are, because it's it's the kind of show that the, the intellectual types kind of turn their nose, like, oh, it's more reality TV, and then generally watch every single episode themselves. But beyond the... Uh, the, the, the sort of the, the, the manufactured sign that we see from that final edit, the actual work that goes into this kind of production is staggering. I mean, it, it, exactly like you say, and I'm glad you, you're bringing this up. The crew is 150 plus. And because the show runs like 24-7, they have to work during the night. And every day they have to produce an hours of content, you know, to entertain uh, the public. And like you said, people are always like, oh, it's reality shares. I don't want to watch it. But we all love watching other real people like ourselves fall in love. I mean, we love love. We watch movies that goes about love and it's fake. This is actually real, you know, and we listen to music that's about love. So I think people must just give it a shot and enjoy it after a long day at work. You don't have to think about anything. You can just sit back, relax and get your favorite couple. <laughs> which I can't wait to do. And we've got lots to talk about regarding Love Island, but far more well-known and famous globally than the Love Island brand is, of course, Leandi. So let's talk about you for a little while and, uh, and go back uh, to, to the start of the career. 
And it, it, it's always one where when we see you now, you're hosting Love Island, you're an acclaimed actress, you've done all these amazing things. Uh, yeah, yeah, it looks like it's all glamorous and accomplished and carefully planned and, and well done when generally it's nothing like that. It's been so much hard work and more failures than successes. And it's been a, a really challenging journey. And that speaks to pretty much everybody from Oscar winners to the guys you see on, on TV day to day. How did you first get your foot into this entertainment door and, and how challenging was it to, to force that door open? Because it genuinely does take a fair bit of effort. It's exactly like you say. Um, they say that an overnight, it takes, an overnight success actually takes 10,000 hours. I don't know if you know about the book Malcolm Gladwell, Outliers, but he's like, people always think like, oh, Justin Bieber, you're so lucky. He's an overnight success. Well, he started playing drums and singing when he was seven and he mom, his mom started recording him. So it only makes sense that at the age of 17, 10 years later, he would be an overnight success. So it's my 12th year, 12th year in the industry. So that's more or less 12,000 hours. So I think it all amounts to just consistently working hard, doing what you love, taking every opportunity and, and making the best of it, you know. But I actually started in 2007 studying industrial psychology at UJ um, and my dad said I had to get something real behind my name so he wanted me to go study industrial psychology I'm like I want to be in the arts I want to be in the entertainment but he's like um, no just choose something else that you also love and I really love people I love working with people I do a lot of motivational speaking I've actually got a book out 24 in 2014 but anyway so I decided this is what I want to go study and then if God wants me to also be in the entertainment, he will open up that door. I truly believe that. Um, and then in my first year, I was part of Ray's. We were doing a beauty pageant. And then, no, I didn't win. But I won Miss Personality. Um, but luckily I did win that because the prize that night was Brumilda van Rensburg's drama course. And it was literally every Saturday, two kilometers from our race. So I could still go to that and go to my classes. And then she actually trained me and she helped me to get my first gig, which was a year after that in Getrode with Rugby, which is a soap now, but it used to be a series. Um, and I got my first role as Mika. And then everything kind of just flows after that. You know, once you get your foot in the door and you work hard and you show up on set, you meet someone else and you do this and you do that. Um, so it's, it's divine intervention, really. Um, but I did then just Sorry, someone was phoning me. I think it's the courier guy and I'm not at home in isolation. Anyway, where was I now? Sorry. Oh, I, I finished my degree. Um, and I'm so glad about that because in this industry, I think you have to have your eggs in different kind of nests. You can't just have it in all in one, you know. And I suspect that having studied industrial psychology, you'll have a, a particular advantage with this new role coming up. But again, uh, we'll come to that in a moment because it is such an exciting project on so many levels. The, the acting, though, getting into it, it, it's daunting. And it doesn't matter how much self-confidence you have, how much everybody tells you that you look lovely or you're full of personality or you're the spark of the party. When you actually have to turn it into making a living, it's a daunting prospect. What was the moment, if you can put your finger on it, when you thought, you know what, Leandia, I think I can actually do this? That's a question. Well done. Um, not a lot of people ask me that. 
I think it, it all happened when I finished my degree, my honors, then I had to decide, am I going to keep on acting and, or am I going to do the six month internship so that I can become a registered psychometrist with the HPCSA? And I was like, I don't know what to do. I mean, I studied, I put in all these hours. Let me do the six month internship and I put acting on the side. So I went for this internship. And while I was there every day, I was like, oh, I cannot do this. This is not my life. Like there's certain aspects of working with people and doing their personalities and whatever that I loved. But going into corporate, being there every day, I just, it killed me. It killed my spirit. And that's when I knew in that, those six months, so grateful that I went and did that. But I knew after that, that let's keep this door open and see how I can use my degree and my qualifications in the industry that I'm at. And it's, it's quite amazing because I can't tell you that I only use the one or I only use the one. Everything that I do, it helps the other one. And when this one is a bit busier, the other one is like lagging. And then this one is a bit this. And then, you know, so everything amounts to me being who I am. And if I haven't done, if I made one different decision, I wouldn't have been who I am. So I'm glad that I took all the routes that I have. Uh, so it's the sliding doors concept, which uh, can lead you down quite a rabbit hole if you think about it too much. So we won't think about it too much. Oh, what I would like to ask, because I, 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 I remember in my own particular career, uh, there have been certain moments where I've, I've met somebody and it might not be people who uh, were expected, who I've got, oh my goodness, I'm talking to this person. I've got this person on my show. I'm hosting this person at an event. Who was the first person for you as this young up-and-coming actress, Miss Personality, which features heavily on the CV, uh, who you go, oh, my word, I am sharing a stage with, sharing a camera with, I'm at this event with Person X. Do, do, do you remember who that person might be? Sure. I think there's been so many Afrikaans legendary actors that I felt that way about because growing up in a small town, we used to watch Tiafiyan and it was like Sonkring and Anna Mart van der Merwe and it's all these Afrikaans dramas in Arende and Kais de Villiers. So all those Afrikaans legends when I was a little girl and then I would watch their show and then I would go and play out the scene that they did in the garden. So I will never forget the one day I was chosen to play this character and my dad was played by Kais de Villiers. So 20 years after I watched as a little girl, you know, on screen, I was like, but that's the guy I reenacted acting, you know, across. And now he's playing my dad in real life. This is incredible. So that has really been one of those moments for me. Um, another great moment is an author that I really, really um, love. And that is Stephen Covey. So um, he writes the book of uh, the, the Habits of Highly Effective People and his son wrote the one of Highly Effective Teens. And that was the first self-help book I ever read in my life. Um, like I said, I've really always been interested actually in psychology, thinking about it. In high school, my dad couldn't handle me. So one day when I came home, this book was on my pillow. The Seven Habits of Highly Effective Teens. That's all he did. He gave me the book. So I started reading, like, oh, whatever, I hate reading. And I fell in love with this book. And so literally four years after that, he was at a Congress and my father took me with and he signed my book and I met him and I spoke to him. And for me now as a motivational speaker, that moment will forever stand out, you know? 
I'm going to have to remember that. I've got a, a six-year-old daughter who thinks she's 26, so uh, I have to, uh, have to have that one ready to use. As, as a psychologist, uh, you will have understood what you were going through more than many people who haven't had that kind of training, which doesn't necessarily make it easier uh, but it does allow you, I suppose, to understand it, which leads to what for me is, is such an important question with people who've been particularly successful, as you have, the darker times, the times when it wasn't all flashing cameras and front page of the newspaper and life is amazing. What were some of those moments where you thought, yeah, maybe I'm not in the right place. Maybe this isn't for me. Maybe it just isn't going to work out. So I can't even tell you how many self-tapes or how many auditions I've done that I haven't got. And every time I'm like, but why? You know, why am I not skinny enough? I'm not pretty enough. I'm not this. And I promise you, every time, six months can go by, a year, sometimes two years. And then only you realize, oh, that's why I didn't get that part. Because now I'm doing this where I wouldn't have gotten this mm -hmm. if I had played that character. So I always say you must trust and you must choose that life is happening for you. And because I believe in God, I know that, that is, that's true for me. And I, I choose that. That's a decision that you have to make. You can work hard. You can put yourself out there. But what is meant for you cannot, literally cannot be taken from you. Not by a bad audition. Not by a bad day. Not by anything. Because it was written in your stars. Um, but also, you know, how I really get through, through tough times and through bad times. Um, I lost my mother in 2014, actually the same year my, my first book came out. Mm -hmm. And I find that every time I have a setback, gratitude and living a life of gratitude really just pulls me up out of that pool of self-pity. Because we can easily go like, oh, I don't have this. Or, oh, I didn't get this. Or, oh, but God took this from me. Or, but we, we must rather go. But I still have this, or I do have this, or but look at this, or if this didn't happen, this wouldn't have happened. And if you just tune your mind to rather focus on what you can be grateful for, you know, it's, it's amazing how your frequency changes, how your, your life just changes, you know, what you draw to you. And I always say being grateful and being positive is not the same thing. We can't always be positive. I mean, when my mom died, it's bad. I cried. I had to go through the grieving process. And it's bad and you can't deny that. So I'm not going to be positive about it, but I can be grateful. Grateful is saying that I can see I'm healthy. I can, positive is like, I've got, no, I've got, I'm fine financially, I'm fine. But then you broke. That's, you can't do that. You have to be realistic. So there's a difference for me between the two and people need to realize that. And if they can make that switch in their mind, they will be able to get through setbacks so much quicker and so much easier. You know, that's what I find. I think it's a fantastic philosophy. It's, it's very similar to the one I use every time Maps Mapanyane gets a magazine cover ahead of me and I just have to shrug my shoulders and move on to the next one and say, Dan, you will get there. You will get there. And, uh, but, it, but it is important. And I think it's all the more important because the microcosm in which you live, you to a far greater degree than me, but uh, we both experience it where you live in a world where people are watching you a lot, whether it's on screen or it's through social media. And it's very easy to kind of almost buy into the artificial construct that other people have of your lives. And you need those touch points that remind you that uh, that's a life that's shown onto screen. It's not actually the real one. Uh, what, what are those touch points for you? Who are the people in your life? Uh, what are the, the things in your life that, that keep you grounded and remind you you that, that ultimately you're just Leandi really 
You know what? My council, um, as I call them, my tribe, they have literally gotten me through all the stuff in my life, especially two years ago, I went through a divorce um, only at the age of 30, you know, and I've got a lot of scrutiny about that and a lot of questions because my, my boss would do me, you know, so I was really judged for that. And um, I was really hurt by people's reactions. But I realized then because my family and my friends, they were the only ones that really were there for me and they stood by me, you know, and then I realized that Sometimes when we fall in love or when we're successful and we're going through great stuff, we tend to not show so much love and attention or give so much attention to our family, our friends. And they are the ones who's always there when it goes bad, when it goes good, when you're with this boyfriend or that boyfriend or when you do this. So I've really learned to always take care of my tribe and spend time with them, whether it's going good with me, whether it's going bad, whether I'm in love, whether I'm not in love, the people who's always been there for you because they literally... They were the ones crying with me on the floor. They're the ones drinking champagne with me when I, when I got great, get great news or whatever. So they've literally helped me so much. So I'm glad you brought that up because um, I wouldn't be where I am without those people. And they are also the ones who would call me and say, Leandi, please take that story off because you had too much wine and no one needs to see that. It's not nice, you know? And they will literally phone me and say that. Um, or they will tell me that, sorry, my girl, but that dress, it doesn't do anything for you. Um, and that's the kind of people I need in my life. I love honest friends because I'm a recovering people pleaser. Um, and sometimes in this industry, you want to please all the time and you want everyone to like you. And so sometimes if you're not careful, you can lose a bit of who you are and what you actually like and being brave enough to say what you think and what your opinion is. So I'm grateful to have friends who keep me in, you know, intact and who's who's known me before I got that who's been there for me, you know, mm. since day one. Yeah. It is, it is such an important part of anybody's life, but particularly if you live in the limelight. And it's a limelight you've been in for a fair while now. You're only a, a touch over 30, but you're already a, an industry veteran. And I, I say that with great admiration uh, oh. in that you've done so much in a, in a short space of time. If I had to ask you, and it's kind of one of those who's your favorite kids questions in a way, uh, the role to you that uh, that really meant the most to you, it might not have been the most famous one or the one that, uh, you know, that had you buying that third home in Barbados for having done it, but the one that, that really struck a chord that allowed you to, to really bring out something that maybe hadn't come to light before, what might that role be? Oh, I've got two roles, um, if I may. The first one was I was really challenged as an actress physically. And that was um, in Dion Mayer's uh, Jagdfeld. There's also an English version, Hunting Emma. So it was like a, a Kill Bill kind of role, you know, where I was very physical. I had to kill seven dudes. I had to scop, skip and donut, as they say in Afrikaans. Um, so that was really phys physically that was challenging and so rewarding, you know, for me to, to know that I could do that. Um, but then the more recent one, it's now on Showmax currently, is Macy's What Flight. And it's a very raw and real film about young people getting married too young and then getting divorced very quickly. And that's exactly what I went through. So when I auditioned for that and I actually got the part, it was, it was so amazing to see while playing this character, how I got to go through motions again. It was like the movie was my psychologist, if that makes sense. So I could literally, I was like, thank you, God, that I went through that in my real life because it helped me to play this character better. And it also helped me with my hurt that I had.
in my heart still, you know, to work through certain stuff, to understand certain motions. And the feedback was phenomenal because we really pushed the limits. It's, it's a bit risque, the movie. Um, but people must go watch it and tell me what they think. Uh, it's by far the most risky role that I've ever, ever played. But I'm truly proud of it because the whole team was just real and it was young people making art. Yeah. And, and I think that's such a good gauge of any actor or actress and that you challenge yourself. You really try and find a space where you might not naturally or necessarily think you'll be comfortable and you push yourself into that. And we've already had, I think Portia was commenting earlier and a few others uh, on Yachfeld, but both of those two roles, they asked different questions, but I think you answered them most convincingly. You do have some questions to answer now though, because you're at the helm of what has got South Africans so, so excited. Love Island has touched down. Be honest with me, and I'm looking you straight in the eye here, Liandi. Uh, you can't use your industrial psychology tricks to confuse me here. <laughs> Had you watched much Love Island before you found out that it was coming to South Africa? Not really. <laughs> but you know that tribe I was talking about that always has my back? Yeah. They have all the seasons. And they, they've gotten me on track so phenomenally that it feels like I've literally watched every season. Um, but I have watched quite a lot of the UK, uh, the UK ones, because, yeah, uh, the, the production team, you know, kind of pushed me into a certain way of watching this and watching that, what to do, what not to do. But in the end, I didn't also want to watch too many of them because I'm scared that I'm going to try and be like any of the other hosts. And I really want, I believe in authenticity. Like, I just want to be me. I want to be myself. Um, and I want to go into the show freshly, you know. Obviously, I know what, how the show works. I know what's happening. All those semantics, it's very important to have become familiar with. But in regards to anything else, it's a reality show. And this is Love Island. So anything can happen. So this season is going to be different to any other season people have ever seen in the world. Um, the challenges are going to be different. Games are going to be different. Maybe the recouplings are going to be different. And I'm so excited to see how our multicultural, um, our multicultural nation comes together in this secluded villa and how things are going to pan out. I think it's going to be so interesting. It's at first glance quite frivolous almost. We're just throwing a couple of gorgeous people together in a lovely location, seeing what happens. It's going to send the ratings flying and away we go. But when you break it down a little more, these are real people who, no matter how much they might think, oh, this is cool to be on TV or we're going to be part of a great show, they're going to have their feelings affected. They're going to be in a space they can't begin to imagine, no matter how much they prepare or, or watch other shows, uh, which gives it, I think, a, a far more real sense than we might initially uh, think until we really start deep diving into this and, and realizing that there's there's a lot more play than just some beautiful people who keep forgetting to put their shirts on in close proximity of course i mean you're putting yourself out there you're gonna be vulnerable in front of the whole nation um so obviously all these islanders have something in common and i think that is guts and i think it's going to be so great to see how they how they evolve what they don't see in the beginning and how they become more comfortable and more comfortable because sometimes you forget about the cameras and you actually really start falling in love. Um, six weeks is a long time to get to know someone, especially when you're just in that bubble, you know, with them. 
So you will become more familiar. You'll start sharing. People will start, might, they might be a bit bickering with each other, you know, like jealous, eyes may wander, heads may be turned, minds may be changed. And that will literally keep it spicy. Um, but what I also found um, a lot of my friends said is that you really start buying into these people's stories. And you realize, like you said, that they are real people, just like yourself. Um, who's, everyone just wants to love and be loved in return. That is the main thing. I mean, we watch movies about it. We listen to songs about it. And that's what makes this show beautiful is that people are looking for love. And we're going to watch them fall in love or not or get their hearts broken. And we're going to feel better about ourselves or not. And we're just going to be entertained. Um, so I think it's just a beautiful thing altogether. My wife has a very rare medical condition. She is compulsively addicted to a farmer wants a wife Australia, which means uh, every Sunday night at eight o'clock, instead of watching Derek Watts depress people and want them to emigrate to Australia or uh, Jason and uh, Ayanda and uh, the crew on Celebrity Game Night, uh, that's what we're watching. But as much as I pretend to not be, I, I watch it as well. I love it. But you gravitate towards people and you want couples to get together. No, don't talk to her. Talk to her instead. What are you doing with him? He's awful. And that's how we respond to it. How do you as the host, because you've got to be Switzerland in this. You've got to be neutral. How do you manage that? Because human nature is to be anything but. Oh, God. That is the one thing that I must remain neutral at all stages but i think what's gonna help that is because i don't live with them in the villa so obviously i'll be watching the show every night and then we will decide when i come in um to spice things up a bit or to mix things up but in the end i'm just gonna remind myself i'm not there to be their friend remember i'm a facilitator slash psychologist call it not just asking questions trying to get information from them to see how they're feeling and how they're doing but also facilitating conversations between the islanders. But they are the entertainment. They are the heart. They are the love. I am just, like you said, Switzerland. I'm also, I think I represent a public, the public, you know, to a certain sense. Like, I am going to be myself, but there is a line that needs to be drawn, definitely. Yeah, it's, it, it's such an interesting role because you're part narrator, you're part mediator, you're part instigator when things need to be stirred up a little. And it's, it is such a unique space. And I think it's, it's such a good call to have you because being such a gifted actress, you can, you can fall into all of those roles and, and really hold the show together. So no pressure on you because we're expecting absolute brilliance. There, there are going to be people. I think there's, a, there's one guy in Polo Quane, there's a couple in Richards Bay, and there's a guy who lives just outside of Franchuk who've never watched Love Island everybody else in South Africa has uh, but those are the four so if one of those four is watching at the moment uh, just give us a, 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 a synopsis what Love Island is how it works how it plays out and if there's a particular difference to the South African Love Island versus those from small third world countries such as England so firstly to put it in one sentence, sentence Love Island is where 10 of SA's hottest singles will spend six weeks looking for love in a secluded villa. So they will, as a couple, take on challenges together. They will live together. They will even share a bed together. Okay? Yeah. And then ultimately, in six weeks' time, the public will be voting for their favorite couple. 
and that couple stands the chance to win the cash prize of one million rands. Yes. But I Oof. mean, it's easy to find a partner, but to find that perfect match that's going to stand the test of time with you till the end, that's a different story. And why I say that is the tricky part is because, right, after the first episode, you've coupled up the five singles, single men, single ladies, they've coupled up. But then, like I said, five days, six days might go by and then we bring in someone new. We bring in a bombshell or we have a challenge where you fall out or you get kicked out. All of this, it's surprises. So it's not necessarily going to be the same as the other seasons, but I mean, it's a franchise. So the whole structure of the show will be exactly the same. But we are a unique country, so we will, we will have unique games and we will have unique challenges. Um, but yeah, so the bombshells will come in, recoupling will happen, and then we will see, literally, who will stand the test of time to win that million, million bucks at the end of six weeks. So is it just the end of six weeks, or do you have to be married for three years and have two kids to make sure you win the money? Oh, goodness. Thank you. It's not that. <laughs> um, it's just six weeks. And the thing is, you don't have to like, I want to marry this guy when we, when we get out. You don't have to be in that space. You can literally decide between each other, listen, let's just do this. Let's stick together. We're in an alliance. Let's make it out. But then you've got to remember the public sees you. They hear everything you say. So they're going to hear that you are pretending. So you've got to do it in a way that we are together forever. We love each other, you know, but do we love each other? So it's a whole different ball game and strategy that you have to have in this game. Um, and you have to, I think, the public needs to believe in you. They need to root for you as a couple and think that you are going to stand the test of time after you've left them alone. It's all a bit Machiavellian, isn't it? <laughs> it's a bit like matric holiday, but for six weeks, because after the matric holiday, you also think you're going to marry that guy that you've met and had a summer romance with. <laughs> So there we go. If you want a summary of Love Island, it's matric rage with really hot people stuck in a villa somewhere in South Africa. It's no drugs. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what does Die Duermany make of all of this? Ah, oh, Die Duermany. The Duermany doesn't actually have a clue what I'm doing. My father is just like, oh, well done. I see your face on Mnet. You're presenting some show. I think once he actually, if he's going to know what the show is about, he's going to be like, oh, you're like, I always get myself into these villa quickies, you get? Like the previous, the movie I did last year, Macy's Vat Fate, that I was speaking about. It's a bit, I, I told my father he's not allowed to watch it. He's not allowed. He hasn't seen it till today because he will literally, I don't think he'll make it. Um, so I don't know how he's going to feel about this. But one thing I have to give my father, he's never a duemni at home. He's a father at home. And I think that is kind of why I've never run off the tracks like a lot of Duemi kids do, because he's always shown me just love and support. Um, and he's never judged me by anything because he understands that it's just a job and it's an industry. And the other thing is, why not be in an industry like this? Because I can go shine my light there, you know, but if I stay out of it, I can't do anything about it. So that's the way I see it. Like people are always like, why do you surround yourself with all these weird things? And, and I'm like, why not? Because I can go there and I can influence the energy. I don't need to be influenced by the energy, you know? And my father understands something about that. But he also knows that acts are and there's nothing he can do about that. Bless his heart. 
at least he knows I love God. And that's all that matters. That's it. <laughs> yeah. I think you've got a very proud father. And I think rightly so, because you've had a, an extraordinary career. And I think this is a really cool chapter. I'm really excited uh, to watch it and see how it plays out. I think it's going to make for compelling viewing. Before we get a, just a quick wrap up of when it's on, what's happening, etc. Uh, it runs for a certain period of time. Then it's done. Then it's on to the next project. Before you start filming Love Island series two, three, four, five, and six, um, what's on the horizon post that? Is there anything in concrete? Is there a particular project you'd love to do? Uh, is there uh, is there something that's, that's really shining on your horizon at the moment? So I'm kind of like twenty four seven busy with my online business that I have with my sister in law. We have a business to be gift boxes where you can literally go and build your own gift box for any person or occasion. So that really keeps me busy whenever I think that I want to be bored. I never have time to be bored. Um, and then I'm busy writing my second book, actually. Um, I was busy before I, I chatted to you, just making some changes on the final edit that will um, be published later this year. Um, we don't have a title yet, but people can check out on my social. Um, and then I'm busy with auditions for movies and series, and then we'll see what happens. But you know what? I don't get anxious about work anymore in this industry because I know I've got, like I said, I chose to have my eggs in different baskets. And also, I know what's meant for me will find me. So I'm not going to be anxious about it. That's a remarkably pragmatic approach. That's, uh, that's all too rare in the broader entertainment industry. We're very glad that you have it. Uh, before we very sadly bid you farewell, uh, remind us uh, where we find Love Island, when it's kicking off, how we watch you, how we enjoy what's coming up. So Sunday night, it's at eight. It's a two-hour first episode, and it's going to be breathtaking. It's going to be so entertaining. On Emmet, Sunday night at eight. Then thereafter, for six weeks, it will be every Monday night, two Friday nights, so five nights in a row at 9.30. Because remember, it's a bit risque. So it's Emnet, before you go to bed and you just want some late night entertainment, 9.30 every night. And then thereafter the Sunday nights, after the Emnet movie and after your card launch, you will see the unseen bits that we haven't shown you in the week. Um, so the show is basically on Emnet every single day except Saturdays. Amazing. Yeah completely invaded South African television, Leandi. <laughs> well, let's see. Let's ah. see. Be prepared. <laughs> Right. Look, it looks, uh, it looks fantastic. I, I think it's uh, it's going to cause uh, a lot of uproar when it gets going. There are going to be some more conservative types raising eyebrows about it. But uh, drama is at the conflicts at the heart of all drama, and uh, and that's what we want to watch. So uh, enjoy it. Uh, I'm uh, fascinated to see how it plays out. Uh, I'm really excited to watch you in it. I know how much it means to you to be part of it. I think it's a great selection, and uh, and really looking forward to watching it. So. Uh, Thank you for joining us this evening. And uh, my only uh, final request before I go off to uh, rain in some buffalo and uh, have some sundowners here at Safari Plains uh, is to ask you, once that book's done and uh, you're getting ready for uh, whatever the next project is, uh, we're very, very grateful to have had you on Instagram Live, but we'd love to have you in studio for the Dan Nichols Show when, uh, when season 13 kicks off in April. Uh, so if you can fit us into your schedule and if the Germany approves, uh, then it'd be great to have you with us. Ah, uh, that would be splendid. Thank you so much. Enjoy the bush. Enjoy your muscles and your sundowners. Good luck with your teenager. And yeah, thank you so much for having me and for everyone that, that tuned in for all the ways, for all the kisses, for all the hearts. 
and for all the support i mean i can't do this without the public support that's what we do now you'll know that um so very grateful for that but yeah thank you for the opportunity and the support enjoy there we go leandy durant in matching outfits think we look fabulous but this way i'm with you now pretty i'm in a nice thing all right we'll do flesh and pink for our next gathering that's on the horizon so that does it for the Dan Nichols Show on Instagram Live with Brian Drog. Thanks for joining us. Join us again next week with a whole range of great guests. And don't forget, Sunday night, Mnet, 8 o'clock, two hours of Leandi and some other people on the uh, Love Island, South Africa. So thank you all for joining us. I know a few people have asked us about that Adidas competition. Uh, it will be posted live tomorrow to let you know exactly who's won uh, that fabulous pair of uh, brand new Adidas Ultra Boost trainers. Big thank you to Leandi, the new host of Love Island, South Africa, for joining us tonight on the Dan Nichols Show on Instagram Live with Brad Drock. Have a great, great weekend. We'll see you again Monday night with Thomas Hatt, Commissioner of the Sunshine Tour, as we look ahead to a brand new season of golf. He's not quite as good looking as Leandi, but he's a cool guy. Have a great weekend. Thanks for joining us. Goodbye.